Hey, my friend, this is Mark with the Purpose Mastermind Podcast. I want to get right into this episode. I'm making this um, this special episode specifically for parents who have high school students in their house, and it feels like you kind of just need to clear the air. You've Maybe you've gotten to a place where it's just, it's hard to communicate. Maybe they don't want to follow rules in your house. Maybe you just feel like you're walking on pins and needles over how to lead this human that's about to be out of your house as an adult. What do you do with them? They're 16, 17, maybe 18 years old. And so it can be a scary time. Um, I, I want to say this as a premise you have a role that you can play in your child's life for sure when they're teenagers, but realize that you do not control the results. And this is really important because if you think you can control the results, you'll try to. And when you try to control the results, the results do not go well. You can't control humans. Like that's not, humans can't do that. We may have an illusion of control when our kids are little. Maybe there's an illusion of it, but but really, humans, we can't control humans. We certainly can't control how humans turn out. So right now, if you have a teenager in your home, you probably see some things that make that maybe scare you, maybe maybe make your stomach turn. Maybe you're like, ugh, their attitude right now. Or the way they're so isolated, the way they don't talk to me, or the way they do talk to me. There's things, there's things about your teenager that can make you be uncomfortable. And I wanna I wanna say this. Let's not waste time as parents blaming ourselves for who our child is. Let's not waste time doing that. Every human being is on this journey of figuring out who they are and how they fit in this world. Every human being is on this journey of figuring out how do I live a life where I feel like I get to experience what my heart wants to experience. Frankly, our teenagers are wrestling with some of the same things that we as adults can wrestle with. So if you see things in your kids that bother you, Let's not waste any time thinking, oh, this is my fault they're like this. Instead, look at them and realize, you know what? I think I can do something to help. I want to do something to help. Because I believe we can all do something to help. Here's the one thing I want to encourage you with. Have a meeting. Uh, Have a meeting with them during peacetime. You know, when... Your 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 teenager might come and talk to you when they want something. And you know how that goes. They're like, here they come to talk to me. They're going to ask for a new phone or they want to go do some extravagant thing with some friend that you don't even like. Or you may have to talk to your teenager when they've done something wrong. But I would encourage you to set up a meeting with your son or daughter during peacetime. And depending on your relationship, you might it might be helpful if you do this like over a dinner that you have um, outside of the house with just them, somewhere where you can have um, a different culture to it. 
but this meeting needs to have, I call it a meeting. I don't really want to, I don't really want it to feel like a meeting. I, and the hopes is that it would feel like a, um, a good conversation. It's almost like a, it's almost like two partners meeting together to strategize something. So set the culture for this meeting that it's a good thing. And that's why it's something like, Hey, uh, your son is named Jake. Hey, Jake, there's something I want to talk to you about. And, and I think you're going to like it, but I think it's something we should talk about. Um, I want us to do it over like a dinner though. Like, do you want to order in pizza or do you want to go out to this restaurant? What, what do you want to do? But make it feel like he's not being called to the principal's office. He's you're not meeting to teach him stuff. What you want to do is talk to your son or your daughter like they are a partner. Because what you want to do is is elevate them. If you think about it, even a work relationship, when a boss talks to an employee, when they talk down to them, that employee kind of just, it's hard for that employee to take ownership in the work they do. Because they feel like they're just you know, just the the servant to the boss. But you have other bosses that treat their employees like their partners. And when they do that, those employees tend to act more like partners because the boss treats them like a partner. And so this, the tone and tenor of this conversation is that my, my kid is, I'm going to talk to them like they're my partner. Like we're partners in this venture together. What you don't want is for your, for your son, especially because sons tend to do this more. is just think like a dog. Let's, let's, you know, this isn't usually true of girls. Girls are usually, they think they're growing up by age 13, but for boys, uh, we kind of, uh, value our immaturity, if you will. Because we boys, we don't tend to want responsibility. I think that boys especially would rather think like dogs. What do dogs think? What do I see? What do I want? What do I see? What do I want? And then the owner has to be the one to constantly say, no, stop, come home, get inside the fence, don't eat that, don't chew on that. And that's a not a good relationship to have with your son where you feel like all you're doing is telling them, no, stop, come home. So we want the culture of this meeting to be that they are a partner because we want to elevate how they think. So I'm just going to list through, um, and you might want to take some notes. I'm just going to list through eight thoughts that I have um, as I think about this meeting. Number one say this to them, you know, it's not easy being your age and it's, it's not easy figuring out life at your age. Like, I don't even understand it. I, I can't, I can't totally relate to what it's like to be you right now in your life. But here's the second thing that you can say, it's not easy being my age either. So for you as a parent to be vulnerable and say, you know, Jake, I, I'm I'm not I can't always figure out what I should do with my life either. And you don't want to maybe go too complex into that. You don't want to share, 
maybe overly personal things, but you can certainly uh, tap into things that relate to them. Like, you know, Jake, sometimes I, you know, uh, I want life to have more meaning. I want to have more fun than I have. Sometimes I feel like I'm just going through the motions and I'm sure school feels like that sometimes. So those, that's the second thing. Number three, the thing you want to communicate is we're, we are here to serve you. We, as the parents, we're here to serve you and, and to help you be ready to take on life on your own. That's what we're here for. We're here to serve you being prepared to live your life on your own. So here's the main question. The main question that you're going to ask them is simply this. What can we do to make the rest of your time in our home be more helpful and enjoyable to you? They might be a high school senior and they got one year left. Maybe they've got two or three to say to them, you know, you've only got two years left under, under our roof. And then it's like, you got your own life. And I just, I want us to, I want us to talk together. Notice, notice the partnership. I want us to talk together and just be like, how can we make this good for everybody? I don't, I don't want you to feel like, um, it's a horrible experience being in this house. That's, that's the last thing I want. So I want, to, I want us to talk about and strategize what we can do to make the last year or two you have here in our house uh, a really good experience. But notice when you're saying this, you are not like relinquishing power and control of your house to them. You're not, <laughs> you, you, the goal here is not, hey, Jake, whatever you want this house to be, it's going to be for you, kiddo. That is not the goal. What you're really trying to do is talk to them like a partner so that you so that you elevate them. They don't want to be treated like a dog. Like you want to elevate them. Treat them like you want their opinion and you want to hear what they think. But the other big reason that we're asking this question is you're, you want to transfer responsibility and ownership into their lap. You want to get them thinking. The more that you communicate that, hey, you know, we, we want to invite you into this process of how we set up even the rules for you over the last two years. What you want to do is get them thinking. Because what they tend to want to trap, kids want to trap their parents into is, you guys set all the rules, I just get to complain and argue about them. Well, when you invite them into the rule-making process, they may kind of be excited about it because it's like, oh, I get to help decide my destiny here. I like this. What you're really doing is you're helping them think. Instead of them just complaining at the rules you think of, you want them considering, what should my curfew be? What should the rule be concerning phones? What should the gaming rule be? How often should I get to go out with my friends? The more that they are thinking about that, instead of them just being the person that gets to complain at what you decide, the more they're involved in that process, 
you're teaching them how to think about their life instead of just thinking about your rules. I'll say that again. We want them to be thinking more about their life instead of just thinking about your rules. Now, number five, thing you want to communicate. So once again, our son's name is Jake. Let's say, Jake, so this is our house. Your mom and I, your dad and I, whatever the situation, we are responsible to care for the people in this home right now. It is our job as parents to do what's best in the decisions we make to do what's best for everyone in this house. And to say this, Jake, our decisions, our job is not to make decisions that's best for us. Because sometimes, Jake, and you can honestly say this, Jake, sometimes, actually a lot of times, I make decisions I don't want to make. They're not best for me. But as a parent, I have to make decisions that are best for everyone in this house. I have to do that every day. And so you're part of our, you're part of this house. You're part of this family. Sometimes everyone in the home has to be willing to accept some rules and guidelines that aren't always what we want in the moment. So here, say this to your kiddo as part of this, this part of the conversation, as we consider what we want life to look like the last year or two you're in our house. I want, I want to, I want to ask you to do this. I want you to do the same thing that I have to do every day. And that is simply do your part to help this home be good for everybody. So Jake, Sally, this is the one thing I'm going to ask you to do. Just like I do, just like your mom does, just like your stepmom does. We all have to do our part to help life be good for everyone in the home. And that's what I'm going to ask you to do. I want to help serve your life by how we do life. But the one thing I need you to do is as part of this family and in this home to do what's best for everyone else, not just yourself. Now, a couple more things. Number six, touch on education. So they're about to start their junior year, let's say. This is a good time to say, you know, school's hard. I get it. It's not that exciting. But I want, I want you to realize this education is really yours. It's, it's not ours. This education is for you. So how can we help you get the education that you need? How can we support that? Because we don't want to be over here. We don't, we don't want to be over here judging your grades all the time. We don't want to be looking over your shoulder with all of your homework. Like this is your education. There's, there's just no, you know, how can, how do you want us to help you? Like we really, honestly, we don't want to be that involved with your education. I know that may sound like you're being a passive parent or uncaring. The reason I just said that statement, we don't really want to be that involved in your education. What you're wanting to do is transfer the responsibility 
and the ownership of the education into their lap. Oftentimes with kids, the more that we are looking over their shoulder, the more that we are controlling it and dominating it and making it happen, it may work for a season. But listen, our teenagers cannot take ownership of their life unless we let go of control of their life. I know it's not easy. But if you just have a couple short years left of time with your kiddo in your house, the last thing you want to do is control it all. Because if you're controlling it all, they're not growing at all. And next thing you know, they're out, of, they're out of the house. They're going off to college. Or they're finished with high school. And it's, and it's like, have they developed? Have they grown? So along the same lines, number seven, communicate this. Jake, Sally, this is your life. It is not your job to please me. It's not your job to please me. This is your life. Notice you're certainly not telling your kids, you don't have to please me, do whatever you want. Because certainly in your house, that's not going to be the goal. We'll get more into that in a minute. What you're trying to do when you say this, it's not your job to please me. Your kids can tend to take their life frustrations out on you as a parent. If they're frustrated, if they're sad, if they're mad, it's like it's my parents. That's just the go-to place. It's my parents. It's their fault. When you stand in front of them and say, hey, this is your life. It's not your job to please me. It's almost like you're removing yourself as being the lightning rod for all of their frustrations. It's really hard to blame someone for the, for where your life is at when they're telling you, hey, this is your life. When someone is, on the other hand, if someone's really trying to control your life, if things aren't going well, you're going to automatically point a finger because this person is always telling me what to do. They're always on, they're always looking on my shoulder. They're always pushing me, always controlling me. So when all the frustrations, the depression, the anxiety, whatever it is, you're going to blame the parent. So when you say to them, Jake, you know, this, this is your life. I want to serve it, but like, I can't control it. It, this life belongs to you. And you're going to decide what you're going to do with your life. Once again, in making that statement, you want them to take ownership of their life. You, The point of that statement is not that you as a parent are surrendering control of your house to them. That takes us to number eight. So invite them to think about this question. I mentioned it earlier invite them to think about this question. How do we make things great for you and the rest of the family in the last couple of years you're living in our house? How do we, I want us to talk about how we're going to make it great. And obviously Jake, Tammy, you don't have answers right now. 
But I want you to think about it for a couple of days. And then if you want, like, we'll order pizza, we'll do something, I don't know, whatever we like to do. If you like to do an activity, go do it. But like, I want us to talk about this together because you you know, you're, you're 16 now. You're kind of a partner with us. You're almost an adult basically. So we want to kind of partner with you on this. So think about this for a couple of days. How do we make things great for you and the rest of the family in the last couple of years that you're in this house. So the goal is then that you have a meet a secondary meeting where you talk about where you want them to say, I think it'd be good if we did this. I think it'd be good if we had this rule. I think it'd be good if you want them to say what they're thinking. And and frankly, even before this secondary meeting, it is really good if your child is thinking about this question you're giving them rather than them just being, just existing, thinking like a dog, mom and dad do all the thinking. No, you want them doing this thinking. That's why I think it's very relevant that this meeting is secondary, that you have this first meeting and you, you ask them to, let's talk later some other time about how do we make things great the last couple of years. So, you want them to take ownership of their life. You want them to feel the weight of responsibility. And of course, in this meeting, this is where you also want to bring up, here's what we think will make things great. Th- these are the things, and this is where, of course, you as a parent, you're looking over the whole household and the whole family. You're saying, here's what we need to do for this whole family to be where it needs to be in this home. This is, this is where it needs to be. So this is where you can also reinforce things that as parents, you want to value these types of activities. You want to value this type of behavior. This is where you tell your kids, these are, these are the things we need you to do. So you're going to let your, you're going to let your, your child be able to say things on their heart they think will make things better in the home for them. But then you're also going to have the space in this meeting to be like, to be able to say what you're thinking and say, you know, here's, here's, here's what is really important to me as a parent. Like, here's what's important for us in our home. Here's why we do this. This is something that we can't bend on, or this is something we can bend on. So I hope this is helpful. I want to remind you as a parent that if you have a teenager, if you have a child, they have problems because they're human. And some of their problems might be similar to the kind of problems you have as a person, even as an adult. I want to encourage you to not blame yourself for a shortcoming of your child and your child was that guilt's not going to help. Instead, just look at it and say, you know what? I see this shortcoming in my child. I want to help. And maybe the best way that you help your child with shortcomings in their life is just by facing the shortcomings in your own life. You see, we as parents, the last thing we want to think is that my life has negatively impacted my kid. 
you know, I've got three kids. They're all in their twenties. They're living life bold. And I got to tell you, there is no doubt that as a dad, I negatively impacted my kids sometimes. Why? Because I'm a human and they're a human. So don't be, you don't have to beat yourself up over, boy, I think my kid is insecure because of me. My kid is angry because of me. Not really. Not really. They, they might be angry in the same way that you're angry. They might be insecure in the same way you're, you're insecure, but you didn't cause it in them. The reality is you're both humans and many humans struggle with insecurity. Many humans struggle with anger. Many humans struggle with addictions. So if there's something in your child that's bothering you because it's so much like you, what if you as a parent say, you know what? I'm going to face this thing in me. And you don't have to look at your life and think, well, I got to fix this. No, just face it. And as you face it, what you might just find is that you gain wisdom for helping your child with weakness in their life. My friend, I hope this is helpful. I encourage you, you're raising a teenager, uh, allow people in your life to support you. I know it can be a challenging time. Um, stay sweet, you know, trust your spouse, have some conversations together, lean on each other. Don't try to change your kid in one night. Give yourself some space, give yourself some grace and get some support if you need it. My friend, that's all I've got for you. Go take on the day.